following audio was recorded during a meeting of the Department of Offense. It is not suitable for children, the easily offended, or anyone with actual taste. You have been warned. Jane Goodall motorboating a gorilla's floppy milk. I would make a lot of rectangles. I could never do squares right. We all had to put pants on this week because you're here. And now it's time for the Department of Offense. Welcome to episode 78 of the Department of Offense. I'm your host, Casey. Joining me as always is Carlos. Yes, I'm always on this show for mature and responsible people. Yes, and you're awake this week. That's a whole thing. I think it's you could argue either way that I'm awake or not. Okay, all right. And Matt's here. Hello. Matt brought the shirts. I brought the shirts. The shirts. The shirts. So excited. And We're Eric's unified. Here. I didn't bring anything. Eric didn't bring anything. But his sunny disposition. Yes. Seems very sunny today. It's so very, sunny with that. Very sunny. <laughs> so sunny with the cloudy hangover. and uh, I'm still hungover from, the, from last week. That was a week ago. Stop being so old. I know. I can't help it. <laughs> so, Carlos, what have you been up to this week? Uh, I've been playing some uh, video games and reading some books and reading some internets, and that's about it. Yeah, it sounds like fun. It's sounds been like fun. fun. Eric, what about you? What have you been up to this week? Take away the books, and I've been doing the same thing as okay. Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> still, so your recovery's not going too well from last no, week, huh? No, it's not. <laughs> I really messed my stomach up, I swear, man. I'm that's have to go that's to the not good. That's know, not good. I know, Doctors are expensive. Yeah, and I don't have money. Well, that's that's a problem. I'm going to have to do a Kickstarter for my hospital. <laughs> <laughs> if you drive to like Mexico, it would still probably be cheaper to go it, see a doctor down be. there. It probably. <laughs> Canada's closer. Yeah. Too bad you oh, can't yeah, do true, a... true. Yeah, drive to Canada. It'll be cheaper. Too bad you can't do a Kickstarter for, It'll some, be free. Uh, for some egg salad. Potato salad. Potato right? salad. Right? Oh, my God. Did you see that? $40,000 that guy's got to make potato salad. Is, is that what it was at the, the last, the last oh, time man. I saw like he's trying to He has to go that out of his way to find more things salad. to do because people are just giving him money for I it. would just stop. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, I'm making some really good potato salad. Like He's making a shit ton of it now. Well, yeah, because he promised everybody who donated a bite of potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> In the mail, you get this tiny little... But like, it, it might not up. be very good, because he's never made potato salad before. Uh, which oh. I think is the funny part. And he got $40,000? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. And he's not going for like the creamy American style. He's going for like the vinegary German style. Yeah, the good style. Well, he was asking. He was asking well, for. It's, uh, it's so also very hard. So if he's never made it before. Oh yeah, it's. Well, he's, he who decided to shitty. give this douche money? A lot of people did. Well, yeah, he, a lot of people. Well, because it started as a joke and it, uh, at snowballed. least we're actually doing something here. Give us right? some money. We should have figured out this whole like potato salad thing. Well, let's start a Kickstarter. For... We have to figure out something to kickstart. Uh, our podcast. No, but then we're just going to be. It sounds like we're following his coattails and nobody's going to give us money. I know. That's like why normal. He must have had good publicity. How did he get this publicity? I don't, I don't know. It was just a joke that just took off. It on spiraled out. Like, well, Jake, Tom, and I were talking about making ham sandwiches. Because you no, need something to go with the potato salad. No, it's it's too late. You can't, you I can't know. do it anymore. I know. He did it, and that's going to be it. <sighs> You're going to see copycats pop up. And I'm sorry, Matt, what were you doing this week? Oh. Uh, I went fishing. Yeah, did you catch I didn't anything? catch anything, but Aww. my father did. Did you catch any weeds? That's I caught some really weeds. Good. Yeah, I'm really good. I at lost weeds. my bait on the weeds quite a bit. Quite oh, a bit. Man. Uh, You're not a master baiter, then, huh? Nope. And then I, <laughs> 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 I watched some Netflix. 
and I got angry at AT&T a few times. I saw those anger things. Yeah, and then Facebook. we found out they've been double charging us for internet for quite a long time. What? Yeah. How do so you get double? Whoa. I don't know. My dad went to paperless bills and then uh, automatic payments, so you don't oh. really look at those things. Yeah. So then I noticed it when was I he was, pissed? Yes. And then uh, yesterday I went to the street dance and had some food. Yeah, I saw those pics too. It looked like a lot of fun. A street it was dance. Fun. Yeah, it was a free street dance, so that's that's all that matters. Tonight you, know, you have to pay to get in to go see two country acts. It sounds Woo! like it sounds like that one scene from the Matrix movie where everybody's just like dancing. The one really shitty, <laughs> like, ten minute scene. Well, I'd much yeah. rather be at that dance party than what I was at, but. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather if a, a dance, like just a street dance, I'd rather it instead be like something like everybody's minding their own business and all of a sudden it's like a musical just ha- start happening. <laughs> Everybody just moving in, in tune to the music. We got the beat. And then I had some cheese curds and it was great. And uh, How was the parade? Long. Yeah. It was really cool seeing Serena's father and the little Shriners yeah. thing. We well, got to figure out how expensive getting a float in the parade is. It's only, I think it's only like $35 to get a spot in there. All right. Next year, we might have to be in the parade, mm-hmm. which means it'll be Carlos's first parade. Which means we could take so. my Jeep and then put a trailer on the back, and you guys could broadcast live from the back of it. Yeah. No, I'm not going to. Carlos, do if we're doing a parade, you have to be in it's the parade. It's not like you have to have the speakers going. You could just be like. I think the speakers have to be going. Okay. Parades look miserable. Hey, look at that douchebag over there. <laughs> what hey, a- nice Wait, did, I forgot we're being broadcast <laughs> out there. Oh, shit. Uh, and then while oh, the judges well, are talking about you, you can talk about the judges. You're like, hey, look at that guy. Hey, uh, is that a toupee? Is that a. <laughs> I think it'd be fun, and then we, if we have business cards and coasts, we should have can koozies. We'll get by can then. koozies, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking earplugs. Earplugs? Why? So you don't have for to the children. To us. Oh, okay. <laughs> they just say like NSFW on them. <laughs> uh, not safe for life. NSFL. There you go. There you go. Yes. Carlos, yeah. If we if we're in a parade, you have to be there. You don't really get a choice in that one. Well, I think that I'll come down with a sudden case of. Uh, you can sleep on the float, but you have to be on the float. Spanish influenza. Okay. And then, like, I will just be, like, dead, half dead and just won't be able to. That's fine. You, you'll still be there. Yeah, we'll still put you on the float. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you <laughs> propped up like a puppet. <laughs> just waving at people. Like Bernie. Oh, can we get, can we get uh, uh, a, a Carlos' sash that just says Miss BNS? <laughs> <laughs> Miss BNS, Calita. I like it. Do I get a tiara? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. You can't be, you can't be a miss anything without a tiara. No, you really can't. I like it. I think I think this is perfect. We're going to be the talk of the town. That'll be what Carlos is doing, waving. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. You realize I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> we could have Kelsey uh, do it. We, we got a whole year to continue. Yeah, we do. do okay, we We're got good. this. We got this. All right. Um, this week I have been prepping for tomorrow. Just tomorrow. Just tweaking like the list of shit that we need and all that stuff. I'm so excited. We're doing the live sh- live broadcast, noon to six. It's gonna be a long day. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna be exhausted afterwards. And I'm gonna be all colorful and stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm super excited. That's the homebrew competition. We'll talk a, b- a little bit more about that at the end of the show. Uh, other than that, uh, we yeah we we di- we recorded that awesome interview with Grant Polly that you guys are going to hear at the end of this show. This is the second half of this show. We uh, we talked with Grant Polly from Three Sheeps. 
uh, Brewing Company, and we're going to actually, that's a great transition, we're going to try one of their beers right now. And we tried all of, uh, we tried all but one of his beers on, during the, during the interview. So you'll get, you'll get our full rundown of his entire lineup. And I don't really think there was a bad beer in the bunch. I just didn't really like the uh, the black ale. We also did the nighttime by Lagunitas, the black ale, whatever. Oh, the, I didn't like that okay. one either, and that would, that had the same kind of flavor. The one that oh, I, I liked I liked his better. I liked that one better, but yeah, I didn't I didn't care um, for those ones yeah. that much. The the only um, yeah, but so uh, right now in front of us we have really cool water slides. Hashtag real cool water slides. Right. It's first of all the label is so much fun. It reminds me of a '90s childhood. It is a '90s childhood. Uh, it's it's a sheep going down a really cool water slide, and it looks really cool because there's like one, two, three, four, five, so six, many loops. seven loops in that thing. Yeah, that looks fun. Oh, it's a naked sheep. Why isn't that sheep wearing shorts? Oh, they should have put funky swim trucks I on them. That right? would have been <laughs> hilarious. Uh, it's an American IPA coming in at six point two percent, made by three sheeps in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Should uh, be, should be swim trunks. Should be a, a speedo. And because <laughs> just, just maybe, silence. Maybe not. And because of Eric's tummy issues, he's not joining us in the beer again. Yeah, he's got to go I've to Canada and get some health care. I've had it before, though. It's very, very, very good. Carlos, what do you think? It's pretty good. Uh, it does feel warm, though, to me right now. It's been sitting on the table for a bit in warm glasses, and it's really warm down here. Yeah, that's the problem. Um. Yeah. It could be a few degrees colder. I'll give you that, uh, Matt. I, I love it. Like I say in the interview, it's a, it's one of the, that one and Bad Boy is my bad other favorite boy. one. Yes, bad I like boy. it a lot. I liked I liked the Kent. The oh yeah, that one was good too. Yeah, but that's for the interview. You guys will hear that later. You don't need to hear it again. This is a very good IPA. It's very good, very good. Yeah, it's I love it. It's fantastic. It's a BA score of eighty four, and I think that's too low. I think it needs to be a little bit higher there. Getting closer to the nineties. It's really good. And I had it I had it uh oh man. I had it out of a cask and it was dry hopped with something. I can't Ooh. remember what it was. But it was Where was that it at? It was amazing. At uh at Patty Ryan's. Oh that's okay. when I that's when I met Grant yeah. that that one time and it was very very What he cool. brought something to the patties and Yeah, he brought a cask of uh really cool water slides on uh, another hop and I can't remember what oh, okay. I can't okay. I just can't for the life of me remember what it cool. is. You said that was the day before the Divine? No, no, that was the day before the uh, Casanova. Casanova, yes. Yep. Cool. It was. All right. Let's see. We have news now, I think. Did you see that on uh, Netflix? They have the... uh the se- the second season of uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the Hemlock name of the show. Grove. Hemlock Grove. Yeah, of Hemlock Grove. Yeah, Grove. that that dropped that dropped uh, last night. I started. Then uh, I'm not in the mood for this. You have to be in the right mood for that. Yeah, show. because that the fucking werewolf guy. He is the worst actor I've ever seen in my entire life. All of them are actually. They're the worst actors. I I really like the werewolf effects Hi. though. The oh, effects yeah, the, are really the, well done on that show. The sh- I'm a werewolf. The show is really like creative in a way, but uh, the ending of the first season that was just ridiculous, and then yeah. the acting is just shitty. Oh, it's terrible. It's like and it's like, but the thing is, like, it's show. like Twin Peaks for nowadays. Yeah, yeah. kinda, kinda. Yeah, I'd say so because that's some pretty shitty acting. It's in very there too. Twin Peaksy. Yeah, uh, I, I think that I'm gonna give a mild spoiler away to the first season. Well, and that's it, fine. It's been out a year, so fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I I I don't like the thing where oh she became a werewolf because she drank out of the paw print. 
I was like, that. Oh, what? the the white haired girl. Yeah. yeah. Kind of bullshit. I know. Because she really wanted to become a werewolf, and he was like, I'm not going to turn you into a werewolf. We haven't found I'm out who the varwolf is yet, have we? Or do, is it? I thought she was the varwolf. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, yep. That's yeah. right. Yep. She, she's the one who drank out of the thing and became all stalkery and just... I didn't get far enough in the first episode. Can uh, Femek Jensen or whatever, can she speak, seeing as she got her tongue ripped out at the end of the last season? Oh, I forgot about that. I watched the. I, I, I haven't. I haven't watched. Season I watched two the yet, recap, and uh, the recap's really hilarious because Eli Roth is the. He's commentarying it. Oh yeah. He's making it sound like it's some '90s sitcom kind of a thing. That's like, awesome. Oh, it's hilarious. That sounds awesome. That's like uh, yeah, that happened. It, it really is like Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eli Roth is the executive producer of it. So. <laughs> that one girl though was so creepy. Which, yeah, she which was one the one with like the eye and glow. And... Oh and... yeah. She's an in- that's an interesting character. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the fuck's going on at the very end of it when they showed the thing in the box? The dick in the box. Uh, isn't I'm trying to bl- I don't remember what it was anymore. It's a baby like synthesized baby thing. Oh. oh yeah. And then the girl died when she had her baby. Synthesized baby. So who's taking is the father Why taking care of the baby the now? Show? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that the, the show is so over the top and so ridiculous. It's so much. Yeah, fun. now that you There's say so it's many like bizarre things uh, yeah. going on. Now that you say it's like the the now Twin Peaks, I think I appreciate it a little bit more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that you say that, <laughs> it really makes you appreciate it a little bit more. Don't take it seriously, whatever you, you can't. Do. <laughs> you you really just can't take that show seriously. And he was drinking the like one of the main characters in the last season was drinking from uh, crotches. Yep. He was he was he was a vampire yeah. who was who really liked period blood. Oh yeah, oh, yep, that yep, was yep. A... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's a, I can smell it's your time, kind of a guy. Oh, he's my just gosh. like, mmm. Let me go get a. And straw. he's a he's a is it youper? Is it a not a? It's a youpa youper. It's a, that's what they call the vampires. Oh guys. yeah, what it's did, not it's not really quite a vampire. Yeah, so. yeah. What did one lesbian vampire say to the other? What? I'll see you next month. <laughs> oh, because periods. It's <laughs> ah, so gross. I was going to say one, but I'll hold it back. Yeah. Yeah. Hold it back in the Department of Offense. <laughs> Do that. I can just hold your shit back. All right. Um, so now that we're done with that, what's the next thing on the. I want to play my intro. Department of Offense presents News with Casey. That's you. It is me. <laughs> I feel so much better. <laughs> but what if it him? Play my intro. Just fade that out so it doesn't stop. All right. Uh, police in Oakland, Maine are on the hunt for a pig. A very specific <laughs> pig. Apparently, this pig has been hanging out in the local woods, chasing kids out of his territory. <laughs> Two particular kids were so frightened by, the, by Wilbur uh, chasing them that they flagged down an officer. So now we get to see which pig comes out on top. Ooh. That's right. That's a cop the joke. The, the one with the gun is probably going to come out on top. <laughs> I don't know. This, this pig bacon. sounds pretty gangsta. Yeah, once he starts doing those like Z lines at him, you never uh, know where you're the pig's going to go. And they got tough hides, too, and cops usually just I mean, carry if, nine If this was like so. a warthog with the horns yeah, on it, we'll like, we'll, we'll, yeah. Uh, I'm picturing well, a piglet. Yeah, Do we find out I next know, week? <laughs> I, if, right? if it was a warthog, it'd be a little bit more serious than just being a pig. Or a razorback. Is uh, are we gonna find out the answer next week? I don't know. I hope so. Okay, we'll see if I can find it. out the answer. Uh, a Florida <laughs> middle school PE teacher and soccer coach has been suspended for 15 days after she twerked with students at a party for the girls' <laughs> soccer team that 
that took place at one of the players' homes. No twerking allowed. Right? According to witnesses, uh, Courtney Spruill, the coach, uh, brought a bottle of vodka as a gift for the hostess <laughs> and partook in the bottle with some of the other parents. Uh, then, when she started twerking with the kids, the parents were offended. So offended, in fact, that they waited two months after the fact before bringing the incident up to the school. There's got to be something else. There yeah, has to be something else going on. But yeah, no, and then uh, the 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 article I was reading, they reached out to the school, and they're like, why only 15 days? This seems really inappropriate. And I'm like, well, well that's fucking bullshit. You guys, you like, guys drank the vodka well, with and, her. Yeah, <laughs> and and he, the, the principal was like, yeah, well, all of the parents were present, yeah. and they didn't bring it up for two months. <laughs> so we figured there's some extenuating circumstances here. <laughs> You didn't let him win the state championship. That sounds like the the principal's actually being kind of logical about it. Yeah, good. But twerk, twerk, twerk around all the kids. Don't twerk at work. Do not twerk at work. Uh, Former Florida police captain Curtis Reeves Jr., age 71, uh, made his $150,000 bail on Friday after he was accused of shooting a man in the chest during an argument in a movie theater. Apparently, 43-year-old Chad Olson... Wouldn't stop texting during the movie previews. Yeah, the previews, guys. Wouldn't text, wouldn't stop. So he shot him? Yeah, so he shot him. So the two argued, and Reeves shot Chad. Well, first of all, you have to expect anybody named Chad to be kind of a dick. Yeah. Yep. Like, there's there's no nice person named Chad. I don't know one And if you're a nice Chad. person named Chad out there, I'm sorry, but you're probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Chad is, is probably about... The second most douchebaggiest name you can what, have. What would the first one be? Joey. Uh, see, I thought it would be Fad. So, <laughs> Fattiest. So if your name is Chad, statistics are against you. Yep. <laughs> You're just not great. So, And he was texting during the previews. I mean, I like the previews as much as this next guy, but it's not like he was texting during the film. Yeah, but he probably just he, don't care about previews. Yeah. He probably would have just kept on going throughout the film. I though. don't think he would have. This seems like a Chad who would have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. The, I, I know this Chad. He's a good Chad. I don't think he needed to be shot. <laughs> that he seems a little be, excessive. Didn't need to be shot. That's correct. But and he could have had a stern talking to him. I mean, if, if he Chad? was texting during the movie, then yeah, shoot him. But yeah. once during the previews, it's, it's not worth it. And one hundred and fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, You're gonna sure. miss so was many this guy, movies. This guy prison. was under the influence, I think. He, I don't know. Maybe he was just really irritated. He really takes his uh, his theaters. Yes, he does seriously. Yes, uh, a teen in England got a bit overcharged when he ordered some Domino's the other night. The teen ordered a couple of pizzas, uh, sodas, and sides, totaling around twenty pounds. Uh, and when he tried to use his debit card the next day, it declined, saying that he had overdrafted. Curious, the boy called up the bank and found out that Domino's had charged him over 178,000 pounds, or roughly $300,000 American. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) They must have really expensive pizza. (laughs) Apparently, the cashier had accidentally uh, tacked his four-digit authorization code onto the end of the total. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. But how does his bank put that through? Yeah, right. <laughs> Domino's is charging you this much money. We'll put it through. Well, See, this no guy was really here. fucking hungry. Seems legit to me. It seems legit to me too. I don't. I don't see the problem. Like, so, here. like, uh, so it actually went through. So, like, he actually had overdraft. Like, that's a little bit of a 
more than a bank. <laughs> yeah. You think that the bank would be like on? All right, oh shit, all this money's missing. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> so like, oh yeah, pizza. That pizza. explains everything. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. warned at all about a. <laughs> He's just like, oh yeah, we're good now. A three hundred, three thousand. How many? How much? Three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, three hundred thousand dollar overdraft. Mm. And he's a like he's a senior in high school. <laughs> he probably just got that card. <laughs> right. He's probably gonna get rid of it now, yeah. or just not order from that Domino's again. Overdraft protection, my ass. <laughs> Well, sir, uh, it's going to be a very good month for Domino's. You tried to take out a quarter million dollars. I'm not really sure <laughs> how we can protect you from that. Well, you say no. And Domino's does not want to get the money back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ad- uh, an Atlanta four-year-old, Lewis Roberts, and his family were kicked out of the tavern at Phipps when a hostess informed him that Lewis's shirt violated the gentleman's dress code. Man, Lewis, what were you wearing? I need to know. Well, for the curious, it was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sleeveless shirt. Oh, classy. I know. It was super classy. Uh, When Lewis's parents informed the hostess that he was only four and that the Teenage and then the Turtles were fucking awesome, the hostess uh, went and got the manager. And the manager was like, yeah, y'all's got to leave now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what kind of... Um. I, I actually read a bit about this article, and uh, to me, it sounds like bullshit. It sounds like they're trying to cash in on that girl that had got attacked by the pit bull and got kicked out of the KFC. They're doing the same thing. Because people at the restaurant are like, never even seen him before. So I don't know. They, uh, they, they went on the Twitters and apologized to him publicly. Probably because they had to save their own I ass, do not think this is bullshit. I, I think this is absolutely rules, 110% true. Rules are rules, though, and I mean, if you go into a fancy restaurant that has a dress code, it is not a fancy restaurant. I went on their Facebook page. If they have a dress code, they have a dress code. They had a bunch of chicks with midriff showing and tiny little tank tops. All right, this teenage mutant ninja turtle thing for the four-year-old is fine. He's four. Yeah, he's what kind of heartless bastard do you have to be to kick a four-year-old for wearing his favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt into a restaurant? You got dress code. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe that's maybe we're taking the dress code the wrong direction. Maybe the dress code is the midriff. You have to be showing your midriff. Maybe his parents were showing the midriff, but they like he's a kid, so they didn't want him to show his midriff, and like now they couldn't. Then give him a coat or something. I kicked that grubby little bastard. Would it be appropriate? And that's why you don't own a restaurant. (laughs) Would it be appropriate if he had (laughs) sleeves on the sleeve? That's probably what it is because. uh, and from He's the area four. too, they probably get a bunch of those like those old nasty dudes that have the sleeveless <laughs> shirts, and their armpits are all hanging out, and they touch everything with their damn armpits. Uh, and it's disgusting. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Like, go get some sleeves. sleeves no, on your I I am on the side of the kid here, and and the parents because I'm sure the parents were dressed fine. It's just the kid. Kick him out. No, you he can't. Had, no, he Do has you... a teenage mutant ninja turtles T-shirt. I don't care if he had a, a Mega Man T-shirt. Yeah. Okay. Or fine. Oh God. Like, have he'd be have, have you ever tried to make a kid wear something that he really didn't want to wear? My parents did it just fine when I was a child. Yeah, but I don't want to deal with that shit. Throw the fucking tank top on, cause he's decent. He's wearing pants and a shirt. He's fine. He's eating off the kids menu. They're not. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had me at kids menu. You had me at kids menu. <laughs> like, he's a fucking child. He doesn't deserve to be kicked out of a restaurant. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Not at all. 
Rules are rules, man. No, they're not. Rules are meant to be broken while wearing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirts. <laughs> oh, I think Damn it. I still think it's BS. Oh, I know. He should not have been kicked out. Yeah, he should have. <laughs> no. After the incident, uh, a spokesperson for the Tavern expressed regret and issued a statement apologizing for the boneheaded staff. That's right. Boneheaded. Yeah. I don't know. Amazon stock jumped 6% on Friday after they asked the FAA for permission to start testing their delivery drones that will supposedly deliver packages under five pounds in under an hour. That is just why. So soon. Why are they doing I know. this? Because 86% of Amazon deliveries are under five pounds. And if you can get them in under an hour, can you imagine? And Man. how much cheaper that is where you don't have to use the yeah. postal service? Well, they don't have to like pay that. anybody. And all that stuff, it's perfect. It's genius. I love it. Plus, you know, all those drone drone pilots coming out of the military need jobs, so... These won't be piloted drones. I bet they'll be unmanned. Are you... Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Like, the GPS... Right to your doorstep? I don't know about that. Why not? I'd rather I I'm, they'd I, I would think they'd be manned to like make sure they get their... I bet no I, I bet so. I bet there'll be like uh, drone drop sites. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But what's what's to keep somebody from just sitting at the drone drop site and picking up all the packages? Uh, same thing that keeps people from picking up the packages in front of your door. Oh, it happens. But what if you Very had like rarely. a public drop site and somebody was just like, That's you have another nice drone package. that comes by and shoots them. Or, you know, you have the cops patrol the area. That that would work, too. I don't know. I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt here. I th- I I'm think surprised, though. Like, door to door. Yeah, I, I, I probably I will be. It's kind of crazy. No, but I, I, bet, I bet, like, you'll have a drone drop site, like, out in front of your house. I wasn't saying, like, a public one. Oh, okay. Like, you know, X amount of feet in front of your building. That'd be awesome. Well, yeah, in the video they showed of it, it was, like, in the walk pathway to yeah. the door of the house that yeah. it dropped it off. And, yeah, like, well, I, I bet, like, a, a an apartment building would just have a communal one. Right, right. That's going to be sweet. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Or maybe it'll just go to like the nearest post office and you can pick it up there. Yeah, if you're in a, if you're in a apartment building. Probably. Or well, even well, then yeah. I'd just rather have regular delivery service then. Why? If it's going to go to the post office, then that's just more work. <gasps> in the future, apartment buildings will have like a little landing things on top so you go to the roof and just get it there. That'd be bad. Or else you don't right? even have to go to the roof. It'll just be a drop box and then it sorts it'll, it into it'll your shoot own room. down to your yeah, I'm so excited for this drone thing, though. I still think it's crazy that their stock jumped so much just over the drone. Six percent—that's hey, a pretty big jump. Granted, they're down; they were down eighteen uh, percent from the start of the year. Why? I don't know. Because stocks and bonds and they Wall Street—they are the stock market. Amazon gets a shit ton of my money, so they get a lot of everybody's money, which. Reminds me, hey, if you're going to go shop on Amazon and buy things that you want delivered to your house in an hour, go uh, to blindnewsstudios.com first and click on our Amazon link, and then we will help. Well, you can help us by funding Amazon's drone thing and giving us money, too. Yeah, there's not really, like, it's more you helping us. I don't think we help them really that much. Yeah, we do. If you, yeah, we don't. Yeah. (laughs) No, we don't, but uh, also your price doesn't go up. No, your uh, price doesn't go up. It just takes money away from Amazon. Did you hear about uh, Amazon snubbing the French government? Ooh. The French government was like, oh, you can no longer give a free delivery of service. And Amazon was like, okay, we'll charge you a penny. (laughs) So so they're all up in arms about that. (laughs) Why couldn't they give a free delivery service? Uh, uh, Because I guess they want, like, the tax off of it or whatever. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, well, I I mean, I get charged tax on my Amazon purchases. I, I, I don't know why they huh, were upset that's about That's weird. It. Yeah. Who gives a shit what people are charging for delivery? Unless they're, like, running the U.S. or the, the French postal office out of business. That could be. They probably are, because they're running the American one out of business, too. They're not. Ne- no, they aren't necessarily. It's UPS and FedEx that are doing that. It's all of them. It's because, well, it's Well, Amazon it doesn't actually deliver anything. Yeah. One day they will, probably. Yeah, with drones. <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. I mean, if USPS got drones, that'd be... No, wait, they can't. They can't have drones. Those would be government drones. Yeah. I'd rather have corporate drones flying over my head. Me too. Guess we just have to wait for the day for Google to buy a buy the government, Amazon. and then then they'll have all the robots. I don't think. Well, they might. I don't know. It'd be really weird. If, it'd be a weird uh, a be, weird world to live in if Google bought Amazon. It would be very weird. I don't know how it would last. I, I, I don't Google know. Amazon because no, they just leave it the same name. I think I would change it to Google Amazon. I would call it's it Gamazon. It'll be the Gamazon. same as YouTube now. You go there YouTube and get some games. Get some games off your Gamazon. It'll be the same as YouTube. YouTube's part of it now too. Yeah, but YouTube isn't doesn't exist in a physical space. Yeah. And doesn't I I don't know. Amazon permeates so much and has so much information on like people's buying habits and stuff like that. Well, so does Google. Every Google time you has search. our searching habits, not our purchasing habits. <laughs> Basically. <yet. laughs> Unless you use Chrome, and then they just have everything. Yeah, they uh, they have everything. They huh. have more than NSA has on you. Yeah, they do. They NSA has bought information yeah. from Google. Hey guys, do you know where the terrorists are? <laughs> what country's calling again? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Who no. search for beheadings, jihadis, and explosives? Now you know it's our usual fee. So. Wink, wink. The usual Fine. Thing. Here's another aircraft carrier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think, unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about, I think we can dive right into that interview. And then when we come back, we'll do a quick wrap-up. And, yeah. So, we'll see you guys in a bit. Hello? Hey, Casey. Hey, Grant. Uh, I also have uh, Matt. Hello. And Eric here as well. Hey, bud. All right. How's it going? It's going pretty pretty good. good. Yourself? Doing well. It's a little early. Uh, A little bit. Not bad. (laughs) 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 I've been on the road here for a while so far, so life's good. Nice. Life's good. All right. Well, we were able to find six of your beers, of your seven, so... Wow, not bad. Yeah. Had to hit a couple of places, but I figured it out. <laughs> Good. Well, cool. Um, yeah, how have things been since we last saw each other? Uh, good. Really good, actually. Things have been going good over here. What about you? Uh, doing well. We're. Uh, it's been a great summer for us so far. Every month we get our order from our distributor and... It's kind of like Christmas. I open it up and just see how many more cases they want. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Very nice. It's been fun. All right. So what beer would you recommend starting with? We're going we're gonna to start drinking a little early today. <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, it really is early for you guys then. All right, good. Um, <laughs> oh, what? Did you, uh, did you find the four-year rounds? Uh, no, I, I found everything but the uh, Cirque du Wit. Okay. Then I would recommend we start with Rebel Kent the first. All right. 
Yeah, so Rebel Kent, uh, it's our amber ale, um, my my football beer, if you will. Um, I I wanted to make a good session ale that uh, was easy drinking, but still kind of fit within our theme of beers that are one off and normal. Okay. Um, which for me means that you know we'll never make a traditional amber or porter. Uh, we'll get to those styles a little bit differently. And with Rebel Kent, the base of that beer is actually a Belgian Abbey single. And uh, I've always loved that style. You know, the, the idea of that working monk beer, being that this is what they used to drink when they worked the fields in the 12th century because they couldn't trust the drinking water. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it just always made me laugh. I love the concept. And I thought, what a great beer to have our, as our base for our year-round drinker. Um, but uh, to make a Belgian beer not cloyce, you'd actually want to have a few of them in a row. We added rye malt to it. Or just okay. a touch of spice. So it'll start sweet and with a, just enough spice that you may not even notice it unless you know to look for it. But it'll help uh, clean your palate out as you take that sip. And that is Rebel Kent. That is a really good beer. Wow. I enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a Belgian I enjoy. This is, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, we've gone back and forth with what we wanted to call it. Originally, it was a Belgian Abbey single with rye. And that tended to scare people away because it doesn't drink, like you said, like a Belgian beer. Yeah. Um, you know, we just wanted some of those esters, but not, not predominantly. So. Uh, That's awesome. Um, cool. Uh, well, I guess before we get too deep here, why don't you tell us just a little bit about uh, how you got started as a brewer in about Three Sheeps? Sure. Uh, well, I started brewing uh, just about 10 years ago now, um, home brewing. My uh, wife, girlfriend at the time, uh, bought me a homebrew kit for my birthday and uh, had a brown ale kit that came with it. And uh, it, thankfully, the beer turned out and I wasn't put off by it and just kind of kept brewing. Uh, um, yeah, you know, at first it was one of those things when you were brewing every few months yeah. and re- really enjoying it. But, you know, I quickly became obsessed. Um, just you know, brewing all the time. Our la- our basement was you know, kind of my brewing laboratory. Um, you know, and what for me was kind of the the linchpin that maybe this was something I wanted to do is I got almost more joy out of trying to make the same beer over and over than making a bunch of different crazy styles. Um, that okay. was the you know that was the challenge for me, especially on a homebrew scale where there are so many variables yeah. you can't control making that beer taste the same. And I realized that what I loved is exactly what you get to do at a production brewery every day. Um, so I thought, you know, this, this might be something worth pursuing. Very cool. Yeah. Then, uh, then did you go to school to become a commercial brewer or did you just transition from a home brewer to commercial? No, uh, thankfully I knew enough to know that while I may have kind of developed a good palate and idea of how to build recipes, I did not have the technical behind it okay Um, there is so much chemistry involved that if you want to make sure that six pack tastes like that six pack every single time i yeah i knew i needed that brewing sciences so i was able to go back to siebel institute oh awesome uh, and take some coursework there and get the foundation that you really need if you want to do a packaging brewery okay very cool um and then so when did you start three sheeps then sure um so three sheep started about two and a half years ago um I was so I was I was pouring concrete for a family business. Um, you know, third generation in it, and I love the business side of it, but you know, just just did not like concrete. <laughs> uh, and 
realized, yeah, I wanted to stick with it. My wife and I were talking and, you know, I'd always saw in the back of my head, you know, it sure would be fun to start a brewery, but I never quite had the, the guts to tell my wife that. Mm-hmm. So one day she finally said, you know, well, have you ever thought about doing a brewery? And, you know, and that was my green light. There you go. <laughs> it worked out so well. Jumped uh, on that one so fast. <laughs> exactly. Great idea, honey. No, but uh, so it was good. You know, we, we looked, we talked about different things. And um, in our town, actually, a brew pub went out of business. Uh, so I had a chance to come in and buy all the equipment and convert it to a packaging brewery. So, you know, the timing worked out. It's one of those, it's better to be lucky than good. And uh, thus started Three Sheeps. What size uh, system did you did that you end up buying then? If it was just a brew so, pub, yeah, it's a it's a ten barrel system that we're brewing off of. Um, oh wow! And you know, I've I've done a a nice job of uh, Frankensteining it a bit, making it our own. We're doing about fourteen barrel batches on it. Um, so every day that we brew, we'll brew two batches, and we're yielding anywhere from twenty eight to twenty nine barrels uh, per day. Oh wow! And are you on a are you on a like a five six day a week brew day? Or are you brewing all seven? Uh, no, right now uh, we haven't quite hit that point yet. I'm brewing three to four days a week. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know we're doing about oh, I would estimate we're you know we're about four thousand barrel, maybe forty five hundred barrel you know annual uh, equivalent at this point. So we have we do have some good room to grow here still. Awesome! Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then do you have a tap room there or is it just uh, the production? Well, brewery? you know, thankfully not. Um, there is a bar in our building that's owned by someone else actually. Oh really? Uh, yeah. It's uh, it was a very, uh, unique setup to start out with and we had our growing pains with it, but, uh, these guys are great. They pour all of our beer for us. Uh, they sample for us, growler for us. And it really lets us focus on making beer, you know, what we're passionate about mm-hmm. and, these guys just they love running bars. Um, the manager is third generation in, in the bar business. You know, his parents did it. His grandparents did it. And it's really nice to be able to, you know, after brewing for 12 hours, I really don't want to go 10 bar. Um, <laughs> but more than that, you know, after we do tours and things like that, I know we can send them to over to the bar and they'll take great care of them. Um, and, it, you know, like I said, just lets us focus on making beer. Um, which I think is also partly why we've been able to grow as quickly as we have because we haven't had to look at the other side um, of a of a bar. That's that's awesome. Um, well, all right. So we're we're done with the Kent. What's next? Uh, I would say let's go to the bad boy. <laughs> so many A's. Bad. Oh yeah. Oh, and they're when they're with intent. We use them every time. Uh, yeah, you know, three sheep's. You know, we came up with the name. Um, I'm very much a, a history dork, uh, and I always love the old expression, three sheeps of the wind. Mm-hmm. But being Wisconsin, I thought we should agriculture that up, so we went three sheeps. <laughs> and, uh, you know, really it's there just because we love the, you know, we're not by any means a sheep fetish brewery. It's it's just the, the whimsy behind a grammatic being correct name. And, you know, the imagery has been a lot of fun to play with. You see all of our bottles using different themes off the sheep, mm-hmm. the names coming off of it, uh, yeah, it, it's just been a good time. I really, uh, I'm on your website right now, and I really like the uh, the description for the bad boy underneath. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's my, yeah, I love making the beers and coming up with the styles, but when it comes down to doing the names and the creativity behind the labeling and everything, it that's just as much fun. Yeah, uh, it is such a creative industry. 
if you want it to be. Um, but uh, yeah, so the bad boy is a black wheat. Um, and this again was my nod to not making a porter stout, but you know, getting something out there for those dark beer lovers. And I thought, you know, we, we love our dark beers, but we also love our wheat beers. Thought it'd be fun to try to blacken a wheat. Um, so, and this is different than a Dunkelweiss um, or any other dark style that's out there because it's a very clean yacht, um, American yeast strain. So it's all malt. And we actually blackened it with blackened wheat malt. Oh, so really? There's no, there's no black barley in there. Um, and that's why when you take a sip, you're going to realize that this is a very light beer. Um, you know, you still have those great roasty chocolate coffee tones. But being a wheat base, it's really smooth on the back end. And um, not to get too um, scientific or geeky, but uh, the kind of magic behind it is wheat doesn't have a husk. So when you roast that wheat malt really dark, that husk, there's no husk to crack, which on barley is what cracks and why you get off from these really strong kind of astringent characters off of your uh, porters and stouts. So Brees Malting, who does the, most of the malting for us, they're able to just pull those chocolate roasty tones they want without any negatives to have to deal with. That's awesome. Um, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so do you do you worry about getting like stuck mashes or anything with such a, you know, large amount of wheat in there or not really? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, my first batch, um, I certainly did not add enough rice hulls. And uh, we ended up spending a good afternoon unsticking <laughs> 400 gallons of mash. Um, but surprisingly, after doing that, you only make that mistake once. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty awful. <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, it's similar to the home brewing scale. Rice hulls, just blending it through there. Mm-hmm. Um, mashing, you know, once you have your techniques neat down, it's it's not terrible. But uh, yes, if I, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I made this recipe on a small scale, one of our first ones we built up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of wheat in there to have to deal with. <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Um, So I, ha- I had more questions. There we go. Uh, you, you've expanded a lot since, well, a couple of times since you opened, right? We have. Yeah, we've uh, we've been really fortunate. Um, we've When we opened up, you know, I was 29 at the time, and we found a great local bank that was willing to back the venture. Um, and, you know, when we worked with them, I kind of laid out, okay, here, guys, what we need, here, it's what we need now. And, you know, if I hit these numbers, we're going to need to grow, and will you work with us? And they said yes. So thankfully, you know, I've been able to show them the numbers off of our growth, and they've lived up to their end and kind of kept helping us fund this thing so we can continue to advance. Um, to the point that our last expansion uh, took us up to almost a 7,000-barrel capacity. We had six 30-barrel fermenters. Oh, wow. Hmm. It, was, it was a big one. We had to tear off the roof of our building, <laughs> rent down the street, drop these guys in, and uh, you know, increase our glycol and everything else that goes with it. Um, but yeah, this you know, local bank was right there for us. So Very yeah, cool. keeping the economy going. Yeah. So what's the, what's the local beer scene like in Sheboygan? Is it, you know, is it growing? Is it, was it there before you started? Uh, it, it definitely craft beer started before we got here. Um, it is, you know, like a lot of the Midwest, it's still younger. Um, but yeah, there are some good craft beer fans, you know, great homebrew club that's really helped out and, They've been running events um, for many years, which has given people an opportunity to kind of explore craft a little bit. It always helps when your friends drink it and uh, encourage you to do the same. 
but yeah, we still have room to grow. I, you know, there's what I love seeing is walking into local bars and seeing a sour on tap. And, you know, I think that is kind of one of the telltale tales of, yeah, people are actually drinking good craft. Um, you know, we get a lot of action. We have a lot of great support. And when we opened up, that was pretty awesome. You know, our first batches sold taste on had, um, the local bars were just willing to bring us in and give us a try. And Very cool. thankfully, they bought a second keg afterwards. So that worked out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the local scene is good. It is very good. Awesome, awesome. So uh, when you when you first started out, you were just kegging. When did you guys go to bottling? We started bottling uh, January of thirteen. So what, year and a half ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, we spent the first year, about year on on draft, and you know wanted to make sure we had that process down completely. And then went ahead and uh, I got the bottling line going. How many um, beers did you uh, keg at that time before you went to bottling? Ah, uh, let's see. At the end of 2012, which would have been end of our kegging, we were doing about 600 barrel equivalent um, for the year. If that helps you out. Yes, yes. And I guess today, yeah, we're doing close to 4,000 barrel equivalent. Wow. So bottles definitely opened up a lot of markets for us. For sure. For yeah. sure. What was your distribution range with just the kegs? Were you doing it locally or? No, we were, um, you know, we were still peppered throughout the state of Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we were working with uh, Beachwood Sales and Service, um, you know, one of the largest, actually, I think the largest craft house for, in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had them for the state. So, you know, they've been great partners to work with and really helped us you know, get out there a little faster than we, we would have been able to on our own. Very cool. Um, and what's the next beer? Uh, the next beer, oh, I'm really excited about the next beer. Um, <laughs> we are doing our first Wisconsin-only hopped beer. Ooh. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Wisconsin hops have been growing um, nicely for several years now. And, you know, it takes hop vines a few years before you can get some good oils and uh, be able to use them um, in the brewing process. And this is the first year that I'm seeing a, a good abundance of hops and feeling really, really confident in what, nice. they're, what they're producing. So, yeah, we are doing a harvest ale as kind of a nod to the Wisconsin hop farmers. Is that uh, going to be a seasonal then that you're going to try to do yep. every year? Awesome. It's going to be cool. our fourth seasonal in the lineup. So it's, uh, it's called Autumnal Hoppiness, and <laughs> will be coming out uh, in September. I like all the awesome. puns for the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I love it. And we're also going to do a uh, one-off bomber bottle version, um, fresh hop, where we're going to be going to the field and picking hops and throwing them in the kettle that day. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. That'll be fun. All right, so wow. we ju- we just opened up uh, really cool water slides. Oh, perfect order to go in. All right. So really cool water slide. <laughs> That's a great label. <laughs> uh, I, so two things about that one. Uh, one, the beer. This is the only recipe that came with me from my homebrew days. Um, all the rest I made kind of for the brewery to you know make sure we had something for everybody. But uh, this was the beer itself that gave me the confidence after whenever I'd make it and found that friends would find out it was made and gone far too quickly um, that I may actually have the, the brewing chops to make a go at this. Um, you know, so it's more floral and citrusy. I still want to do something easy drinking, 
you know, my, my one rule of thumb when I make an IPA is I don't want to taste it after I brush my teeth. You know, I, I want those hops there, but they need to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't do us any good for a, a drinkable IPA if you can't drink it. Um, and then the name, Really Cool Water Slides, is kind of the theme of our, or one of the main themes of our brewery. Um, I used to have a, a t-shirt. I still have the t-shirt, but back when I was working concrete, it had a little gnome at a crossroad. And one way pointed to fame, fortune, money, success. And the other way pointed to really cool water slides. <laughs> I didn't know which way to go. So, um, you know, my friends knew that was my struggle. I could have done concrete forever. You always need concrete. It would have been safe. I would have had a good lifestyle. But, man, that brewery was just calling my name. So we had to name our first beer really cool water slides. <laughs> I love it. Nice. And it, yeah. yeah, that's a good IPA. I like it's it. very good. Yep. Oh, it's very delicious. Mm. Yeah, and we've uh, we've been pretty fortunate with in the the whole competition scene. Um, you know, this just took gold at the Great International Beer Fest for um, all IPAs out there. Oh wow! Oh wow! Congratulations! Yeah, thank congrats. Um, and, and last week, actually, or a few weeks ago, Bad Boy took gold at the LA International Beer Fest for wheat beers. Wow! So yeah, we've uh, it's been been a fun run for us here. Yeah. Uh, do you enter a lot of competitions? Or we just, don't. No? Okay. No, there's there's three that we'll do um, right now. And actually primarily because they're really expensive to enter. Um, you know, by the time you're shipping beer there, paying the entry fees, it's uh, it's a lot. A lot of money. Mm-hmm. That uh, just, you know, it's a kind of what's the opportunity cost, if you want to pull the econ term. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a few that I do, a few that I really like, how they run them, and you know, I want to support them as much as you know, see how our beer is going to fare amongst uh, all the other beers out there. So, yeah, we, we dip our toe in it. Okay. Uh, and are you guys available just in Wisconsin now, or are you outside of the state? Yeah, Wisconsin and most of Illinois. Okay. I'm kind of from Bloomington, north of Illinois. Why'd you move that way instead of like into Minnesota? Less competition, or...? Uh, no, actually, it's uh, it's much more competition. We, you know, I I was born in Elgin, Illinois. Um, I've lived in Wisconsin most of my life. We moved up here when I was very young, but I uh, went to college um, north of Chicago. Lived in Chicago for a few years after that, and it's just uh, I love the city, and it's kind of a second home. Okay, if, uh, outside of Wisconsin, so it, we had a opportunity to work with a a really great distributor there, and. You know, it wasn't my original plan, but after talking with these guys and realizing, kind of like with Beachwood, we were very much on the same page when it came to craft beer, what we thought of it, how we wanted to promote it, that um, we went for it. And so far, so good. It's been a great, great market for us. Awesome. Uh, we've been selling a lot of beer. and Yeah, it is. It's a cool, it's a very cool beer scene down there. Um, they're growing at such a rate, and you know, those guys down there can get any craft beer they want. Um and it's fun to see how, how Three Sheeps does in that kind of environment. That's great. Uh, are you are you looking at like expanding distribution more, or are you just kind of keeping it uh, as as it grows, it grows, not really pushing for it? Yeah. You know, right now, I want to see how this summer goes. Um, you know, my the one thing I, I don't want to do is, you know, like many breweries kind of fall, right, and many businesses in general fall uh, victim to growing so quickly and then once we start growing having to pull out of the markets that helped us get there because we can't keep up with demand ah and i just i hate 
hate the idea of doing that to a market where, you know, if we were to open up another state and, you know, they're the reason we were able to grow as quickly as we can. Say, sorry guys, we'll see you in a couple of years once we get bigger. Um, I don't know, just doesn't feel good. So we're gonna hold here, see where some rent and see what kind of capacity we have left before we make any decisions. Cool, very cool. All right, so what's the next beer we should try here? Um, so then you have I'm taking I guess Joe first kiss and Euphoria. Yep. All right. Wow, those are pretty big beers. Let's see. How about? <laughs> You know, if you just did water slide, let's go to first kiss. First kiss? All right. Yeah. We'll stick in the IPA realm. Yeah, so this is our uh, our double IPA with honey. And this one, um, you know, similar to the water slide, I wanted to make something that you know, wasn't going to have a melt-your-face hoppiness level. Um, but I wanted the hops to be there since it is a double. So this one comes in at about 110 IBUs. Wow. But with the honey... That's what we use to temper it. Okay. Yeah, that's sweet. I like it. It's sweet. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we didn't want to just do a, you know a double water slide. So where water slides very floral and citrusy, we tried going more earthy, you know, chive, lemongrass, to uh, mellow with the wildflower honey that we got from a local honey farm. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was a fun project, and uh, one thing that. You know, I, I love honey for IPAs. I think it does a nice job of letting those hops hit, but then helping pull them away. Uh, if you ever have a double and you just have some honey at home, take a sip of the IPA, take a dab of honey and put it on your tongue, and then take another sip of the IPA, and you'll taste almost no hops. Wow. So it just kind of gives you an idea of what the honey's doing in this beer, and if we were to pull that honey out, <laughs> just how truly bitter this beer would be without it. Yeah, uh, especially at 110 IB. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, we named it First Kiss because for me, of all the beer styles out there, you know, I'll never forget that first time I tried an IPA. Um, and similar to how you'll never forget your first kiss, it just seemed to to flow pretty well together. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, once you once you get into IPAs, it just changes your world as far as craft beer goes. So we thought it was a nice nod. Yeah. I think, I don't know, everyone around this table, well, at least me and Matt, I know we both hated IPAs at first. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't stand them. <laughs> yeah, now, I don't know anyone that liked their first IPA. Nope. <laughs> like, what is this? I didn't either, so. <clears throat> That's good, though. Man, I'm so glad I get to go to work after this. <laughs> <laughs> So it you are you talked about the brand like the the naming and the labels and everything a little bit, but is it just you that comes up with it, or is it a team effort, or do you have like your own panel that you talk to, or? Uh, you know it varies. Um, I'm always heavily involved because I love this part of it. Uh, some of the names, well, like Euphoria coming up, uh, that's actually my mother-in-law's idea. Um, she she emails me sheep themed names all the time. <laughs> most are just terrible. But while I thought Euphoria was fantastic and for our ginger chocolate stout it just seemed to work really well. Um, so that one's hers. And yeah, a lot of times when it comes to writing the descriptions, I have a buddy who is uh, extremely good when it comes to uh, writing good descriptions in a silly way. Nice. <laughs> sit down with a couple of the beers. Um, 
just sit, you know, go into our computers and just type away and see what we can come up with over anything. Awesome. Uh, so yes, it's definitely good collaboration. Bad Boy uh, was actually my assistant brewer. Um, we we got ourselves into our first uh, trademark issue um, very early on. Um, you know, I hadn't even we, this was before we even made any beer, and <laughs> I ha- we had our website up, and I get this injunction letter from um, Black Sheep Brewing Company because originally the name of this beer was Black Sheep out of the UK. I didn't even think that they were over in the US. I thought they were just UK. <laughs> and yeah, had my first letter from them and, um, you know, I started just starting off. It made me a little bit nervous. Yeah, seeing and, what you're uh, getting into. <laughs> but, um, so no, I, I talked to Dave and he explained it to him and, you know, not two minutes later, he just turned to me and goes, Grant, you've been a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we went with it, and it was great. Um, so yes, some better stories than others, but uh, they all have a little meaning somewhere through. Awesome. Uh, do you, oh. Got windy all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, do you see, are, are are you spending less time in the brewery now, like traveling around and stuff and having to do more of like the business side of things instead of the brewing side of things? Um. Well, currently, I'm still brewing all of our batches. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, uh, Dave will uh, start off a good number of, our mo- of them in the morning and work the first couple hours. But, yes, I am uh, still currently brewing away. Awesome. We're, we're in the process. I'm actually, I have uh, a job posting out there for a lead brewer to come in and help me out. We're at about that point now where I just need someone who's in here 100% of the time focusing on the beer and have that be their first job. And, you know, keep continuing to make our QC lab really, really nice. Um, but, yes, uh, until that happens, this is me. Very cool. Very cool. Are you are you dreading the day when you can't brew as much? I am. Um, <laughs> I am, definitely. You know, I got into it because I love it. And, you know, this is still my baby here. Um, so having to back away and do more managing yeah, it just doesn't sound like as much fun. Uh, for some reason, I don't get the same joy out of doing payroll as I do out of mashing in. That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> but, you know, I know it's what we need. And it'll give. It'll also afford me some more freedom to do some more test batches and things like that and work our, you know, cellaring program and kind of higher end the Nimble Lips, Noble Tongue series. And there'll be some good things that'll come with it. So, I'm, you know, it's just that next phase and who we are and... Looking forward to checking it out. Yeah. Uh, going from, like, homebrew to commercial brewing, what was the biggest surprise that you encountered? Like, the one thing that you just did not expect? Huh. Probably that you need a whole lot of kegs in order to serve a <laughs> uh, You know, we probably average... A single keg will probably get turned four times a year. By the time we fill it, send it to the distributor, goes to the uh, customer, they go through it, it sits empty at their place, goes back to the distributor, sits empty at their place, comes back to us. We wait for it, clean it, and fill it. It's about a three-month cycle. Oh, wow. So, you know, you figure if each account you have goes through multiple barrels of yours, you know, they can be responsible for almost 20 kegs. Add that up to all the accounts you have, and... uh, That's a lot of kegs. A whole lot of cooperage. Wow. So yeah, I would say that was the the biggest shocker. Um, you know, thankfully we put 
you know, we budgeted a lot of money for it, so we were okay. And I'm glad I erred on the side of caution, but I did not think I'd have to uh, use that caution budget um, for kegs as quickly as we did. Yeah. All right, what's the next beer we should try here? I think you just, oh, you got two over there We still. got two, we got two. We got Ooh. the Euphoria and the My Name is Joe. Yeah, let's go with Hello, My Name is Joe. <laughs> Yeah, so Hello, My Name is Joe is an imperial black wheat uh, with coffee. And uh, if I remember from the bad boy, yeah, there are some, it does hint towards coffee oh, that, naturally. There's a lot of coffee there. And uh, for Joe, uh, we worked with Collectivo Coffee out of Milwaukee, the old Altera. Okay. And I've been a huge fan of their coffee for years. Um, and I really wanted to make a beer that featured it. Where, you know, there are a lot of coffee beers out there where it's beer with a hint of coffee. I really wanted to try to make a beer that was coffee with a hint of beer. So we worked together and... That is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they actually made a special roast for us um, that kept the acidity really low while getting some great oils off the outside of the bean. Um, we use this whole bean. I don't want anything from the inside because that's where you get all your acidity and kind of harsher notes from the coffee. We just wanted that good roast character that I think you know Collectivo is really known for, and this is what we ended up with. Where do you add the coffee into the beer? Like at what stage? Uh, after we've crashed it cold. Okay. So it's similar to if you did a cold press um, in your fridge, left it overnight, how that tends to be so much sweeter than doing a drip. That's what we were trying to um, mimic. That is a really good beer. <laughs> I can't get over how much coffee is there. It's a good yeah, breakfast beer. Yeah. It is. I you know, when that's in season, I find myself leaning and gravitating towards it uh Saturday mornings far more than I probably should. <laughs> it's a good Saturday morning beer with some pancakes. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Exactly. Uh and it cooks really well in pancakes too, if you should ever be interested. Ooh. Do you have recipes on your website? Um on our you know, we're working on that right now. On our Facebook, we put out a monthly recipe. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. And um, last two months ago was beer pancakes. And the, they're so simple to do. You just replace your milk with beer. <laughs> <laughs> it Perfect. doesn't get much easier. Um, but it's great. You can, you know, the beer flavor comes through extremely well because since you're just cooking it pretty low, you still retain a lot of that character. Um, awesome. Where Saison's are my favorite, but uh, Rumble Camp did a nice job. And actually, Water Slides, uh, IPA, um, that citrus really came through the pancake. It was huh. kind of fun. I never would have thought to put an IPA in a pancake. <laughs> I would, uh, that would not be my first choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what other kind of recipes have you guys put out? Oh, um, we did – oh, Euphoria, which we're going to try next, makes an incredible um, beer-candied bacon. Beer candy uh, bacon. Yes, you make a, a, Those are three a sugar of my and things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a sh- sugar and euphoria glaze, and slather that on some bacon, cook it, chill it, and it's just candied bacon. Wow! Wow! <laughs> and we've we've done cookies, um, bread. Uh, beer bread is very good. Beer bread's yeah, fantastic. It is. Yeah. Um, we're I guess, wow, I'm not thinking, but we're very heavy on the breakfast foods, breakfast foods and desserts. <laughs> we gotta get that beer shot in the morning. Exactly, because <laughs> you never use the whole thing in the recipe, and it can't go to waste. No, it can't. 
Alright, well, I guess we got the Euphoria here. Should we? We should try it. Should we try it? Then we've tried them all, except for that one. Nice. Except for the one. I couldn't find it. I tried. I tried my darndest. Start to it? Wow. You know, really pulling a six? Not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I figured I'd get, you know, two or three. Did you get them all at Divine, or did you have to No, I, I hit Divine, and then I hit uh, Casanova and Hudson. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, those two have been great for us. Um, very cool accounts to work with. They they do craft beer very well. Smell that, Eric. Yeah. So Euphoria Tons is our I like it. ginger chocolate stout. Um, and this uh, this came actually from a, a ginger chocolate nugget. Uh, James, who um, he's a part owner in the company, he used to uh, moonlight as a sales rep for a a gourmet chocolate company in Chicago made this candy bar that he just loved. Uh, so we brought it up and asked if I could try to make it into beer. And we gave it a whirl, and this is what we came up with. Uh, it was This was a fun one to make. We ended up having to blend two different types of ginger to balance against that heat ginger versus sweet ginger. Uh, threw in some cocoa nibs, chocolate malt, kind of other malts to build out the body. And uh, did the best we could to mimic dessert in a glass. It's very unique, for sure. I don't. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good yeah. name for it too. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's good, but I don't know how much of this I could drink without. Right. With like, it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. You know, our beers are year-round. We designed to make as everyday drinkers. Uh, we kept the alcohol lower so you could have a few without getting yourself into too much trouble. And our seasonals are where we started to try to push the envelope a bit. Most of the alcohols are going to be around that 8% range. And we're adding some unique ingredients to make things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think to put together. You won't drink a lot of them, but having one here and there, it's going to be nice. Yeah. So, you know, Euphoria, we generally recommend serving in a snifter. It's um, much more than 12 ounces. And, yeah, you're right. You know, it's not something I could put a few down, but... Ah, I sure do enjoy it as a nice treat. Yeah, that ginger beers are interesting. I think I've had one other one, and they gave me a pint of it, and the pint was almost too much ginger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's good. All right, well, I think we're just about wrapping up here, Grant. Uh, I just want to thank you again for coming on. Oh, you I bet. Appreciate Thanks it. For, uh, thinking of us. Yeah, uh, and I guess is there anything you'd like to plug before we wrap up here? Um, well, as always, uh, if you want to follow us, our Facebook and uh, Twitter feeds, we're act- very active on both. Um, but we actually have a brand new app out for Apple and uh, Android. Ooh. That, uh, yeah, we're, we're very excited. It's, it's been a long time in the, pro- in the works. Um, it tells you where you can find three sheeps at bars, liquor stores, grocery stores, wherever you are. Huh. Oh, wow. It geosyncs to your location and will bring up the closest spots to you. So it's um, a really nice feature if you're looking to uh, try a little three sheeps wherever you call home. And what yeah, is it? What? adds more features to it, but we thought we'd get that one out there first. What is the app called? The Sheep Finder. Find the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I love your guys' tap handle, too. Yeah, that's one it's, of the coolest It's one, one of I've the seen. most unique ones I think I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, praise Steve Bossler, a tattoo artist from our town, made our tap handle. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he sculpted the first one out of clay and then hand-painted it. Wow. Uh, we made a mold of it, or a tap handle company did out of Random Lake, Wisconsin, but they're still all hand-painted. Um, and Steve also did all of our artwork for the bottles. Very cool. 
So yeah, this guy is extremely talented. I just give him a theme, you know, like Rebel Panther. I'd like a sheep dressed as the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> I let him. He goes to town, and he hasn't missed yet. Very cool. Very cool. I downloaded your sheep finder. Excellent. Now, now I have it. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you. All right. Well, yeah, great beer, Grant, and I'm really excited to see what you guys do in the future, and hopefully we can talk again. That would be fun. All right. We'll see you up there. Yeah. Well, thank you again. You bet. Talk to you later, guys. Yep. Thanks. See you later. Thank you. All right, and we're back. That was our interview with oh, Grant. That was Palmer. so much fun. It was. I, I really enjoyed the interview. I thought it was a lot of fun. He's a good guy. Yeah, great guy. Nice guy. A lot all of the, interesting things to say. All the puns too. Man, yeah. the sheep puns. I love a good sheep pun. Bad, bad. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess uh, thank you again, Grant, for being here. Well, not being here, but calling in and talking to us through the cyber networks of life. Through the cyber net. Boom, boom, boom. There it goes. There, there it goes. goes. That was a little bit of delay on that one. I don't know. I clicked the button and it didn't go. All right. Everything's going slow. Well, today. just uh, one big announcement. Uh, don't forget about the Divine Homebrew Competition on the 13th, which if you are listening to this on Saturday the 12th, that is tomorrow. If you're listening to it on the 13th, that is today, right now. And it's now. happening right now. Get right your ass now. over there. Listen, if you missed it, then that sucks. I'm sure you can find it online somewhere. Or at least bits Or you'll have to come next year. Or you'll have to come next year. Or you can hear our recap of it next week. Because I'm sure we'll talk about it. That's a thing that might happen. Uh, yeah, we we're get going so drunk we forget about it. You're not allowed to get. Drunk. Oh yeah, I can get. Ha- I can get hammered. You can get hammered. Smashed. You can't get trashed. We okay. have, we have rules. We have standards. We have standards here at Blinded Studios. Uh, don't forget that you guys can support us on Patreon.com/slash uh, Blinded Studios. Patreon is a recurring donation thing where you can, uh, you know, just give us a buck or two a month, and we give you something in return. It's, it's like a subscription. It is. It's like a subscription. And you get a little something extra. Uh, also, if you're going to do any Amazon shopping, uh, g- head on over to blindnessstudios.com. Click on the Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage, and then do your shopping there, and we get a small cut of that. And it helps us out. It's very minimal work on your part. It's win-win for everybody, really. All right. Uh, if you have any feedback on this episode or anybody you'd like us to interview or any show ideas, just things you'd like us to talk about, go ahead and send us an email at uh, to feedback at blindnerdstudios.com or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios or you can follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja and I'll see you guys next week goodbye bye 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 now bye bye